For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects Podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon here with Ryan Roberts. And we are wrapping up our center discussion. So we talked about at the beginning of the week how we are going to do the entire interior offensive line group. Instead, we're going to be doing the center class just for today. And we're going to talk guards next week just because there's so many names that need to be discussed for the center group. Wouldn't really be doing them justice properly if we didn't talk about them. The guard week, though, Ryan, is going to be a little bit, a little bit underwhelming, especially now that Christian Mahogany as a torn ACL, and I, I would assume probably won't come out. You think that there's a possibility he might, but this, this guard group kind of kind of sucks. Yes, it doesn't look great right now. I've only watched five guys, I think, so far, so I'm hoping there's a couple guys that flash. You know what stinks, Joe, is that um, I really want to watch Cooper Beebe more from Kansas mm-hmm. State, but we don't have any all 22 uh, on him. So, so we're not watching the- him. I'm not watching him. I, I, I can tell you that much, but but I, but he plays left tackle for Kansas State, man. But I've heard he's a really good player. So we, if we can't watch him, we might have to talk about some smaller offensive tackles that may be movement guys inside. We'll we'll see them. We'll see. Yeah, I, I will. I will tell you, man. I will tell you. But I'm excited for today because the center class is yes. bonkers, man. It's a really good group. It's a really good class. Yeah, I, I think that based on my rankings here, uh, mm-hmm. I've got three guys that are are good enough to go in the I would argue good enough to go in the top 50. I don't think that that's a that's a stretch. That's fair. Um, I don't have a top 50 ranking right now, but just loosely looking at these guys and, I think it's, and, it's certainly possible. Yeah, it's in a vacuum, right? Like you're not saying he's right. a top 50 player in this class. You're saying typically this would be a top 50 football yes. player, right? Yes. So yeah, get that. Get that. I I think most of the top 3 guys that I have where that where I have them sitting um are likely more to go early day two, early round two, but we'll get into all that. We're doing the structure a little bit differently today, so we we, we decided that it makes a little bit more sense to actually share our rankings. So we're going to go back and forth in, is it ascending? No, it's descending order, right? Descending. No, ascending order because we're going from, uh, from five to one right? Um, through this through this center class. Before we get to that, though, folks, I just want to tell you about Bet Online. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Ryan, before we go back and forth with our rankings here, I would like to allow you, Mr. 
can pull a, a name from anywhere to just share any thoughts on like uh, maybe any honorable mentions or just notes that you want to bring up before we get into this list. I know for a fact that you've, I mean, how many centers did you watch? I got I got to That's what I, that's what I was counting when you were doing the read. Cause I was actually going to ask you how many you've watched uh, right now. I watched I, eight. You watched eight. I have watched five. Oh God, if this is a crazy number, six, I'm going to be so pissed. Seven, eight, Nine, ten, eleven. Eleven guys. Okay, okay, that's reasonable. If you said like 17, I probably would have ended (laughs) the show and been like, no, I'm not doing this. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. So you watched 11 guys. I watched eight glimpses of nine. Um, Didn't get like a full scope on some of these guys. But as I started to move down on some of the NFS guys that were graded to be draftable, I was a little bit progressively more and more underwhelmed, I would Mm -hmm. say. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys that are thin and, and lack strength. So like the two guys I was telling you about before the show that I watched this morning, uh, Trevor Downing from Iowa state and the Matthew Sindrick from Cal, both lighter guys that were listed under 300 pounds and they both played like it. Didn't really get a lot of play strength from them. So just th- those guys, I wasn't really, really that high on. Are there, are there any guys that like you think aren't in your top five that deserve to be acknowledged? Yeah, I mean, one guy that fits the same relative description that you just did was Michael Jurgens from Camp, from Wake Forest. I thought he was a decent uh, athlete, but he was only like two hundred. He's only listed at two hundred ninety eight pounds, so like, who knows actually what he is? He's a little thin. That aggravates me. Centers that are underweight. Yeah, and I get that you're playing the smallest position typically on the offensive line, but like, man, how hard is it to be over three hundred five? Like, if you some guys can't put the weight on, but I get it. He has a frame too, because he is—he's listed at six foot five. So like, he's not like a shorter center. He's—he's he's got a little bit of length to him. So it's mm-hmm. a little weird that he's also a little bit undersized. But he kind of fits that same thing. Like, there's core strength that absolutely needs to develop there. A couple guys though that I think are worthy of honorable mentions for different reasons. The highest graded center from NFS. This is a little inside information for everyone out there. Steve Avila from TCU, who is listed. Uh, it's at, Avila, by the way. Avila. What did I say? Avila. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Avila. I have the right to correct you because there was a yes. pronunciation thing on his uh, on his on his roster page. So I, 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 I know I now. Do, I don't care about the roster page. <laughs> Steve Avila, who yes. is six foot four, three hundred thirty nine pounds. Ooh. I wanted to mention him because the dude is powerful, man. Wait, is he's, he not in your top five? No, he is not. Oh. Okay, well, don't don't ruin it because I know he's in your top five. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything. <laughs> okay, well, Steve Avila, I, I I wanted to mention because he's outside of my top five, but he is a massive kid who I think could also play guard. So that's that's just a worthy mention. You know who's really good, Joe, that I think is probably not a 2023 guy, though, that I wanted to mention that almost made my top five? This one's going to surprise you a little bit. Luke Whipler from Ohio State is a good football player, man. He's a good that football doesn't... player necessarily surprise me but i don't think his name has necessarily been brought up it's not because i believe he's a redshirt sophomore this year so he's gonna be a third year uh, player and he's also gonna come out probably not gonna come out that's why i didn't want to include him in the top five especially but he took over for harry miller who got who was dealing with injuries and then medically retired and he's also dealing i think with like some mental health stuff as well this offseason so he retired this kid i thought really gave them some tenacity playing mm. center and he's a little bit of a smaller guy. I think we have him on the database listed 
Whipler, 6'3", 300, but like he's not, so he's not a officially graded guy. So I'd say he's low, he's shorter than 6'3", and he's probably right around 300 pounds. So he's a little bit of a smaller center, but a good, pretty good athlete. And he really is good understanding how to attack and gain leverage, man. Like this kid plays very hard. I think this kid could be a, we'll see. I mean, he has to have a a crazy year to enter as a third year player, but he's definitely, if not 2023, he's a 2024 guy to watch. Mm. So if he was for sure going to be in the in the draft next year, he would probably have maybe made the top five. Like he would have been really close. I really like Luke Whippler a lot. I think he's a really good player. He's not physically imposing from a size perspective, but he's a good athlete and he understands leverage. So I like Luke Whippler a ton out of Ohio State. So I want to give him a quick mention. I know we don't like to helmet scout, but it feels like Ohio State has been pretty consistent with putting out some some strong interior guys. I feel like the tackles have not been been hitting all that much, but the interior guys that they've they've developed have looked really, really good in the in the past few years. Well, they had what's his name? Um, who was the the guard that was a transfer from Rock? Jonah Jackson was a transfer Jonah from Jackson. Rutgers. Went to Ohio State. Trained a test actually. Test yes. football academy. Yes, yes, he did. Wait. And, yes, Jonah Jackson trained. Oh no. Okay. Quick story. Wait, did I train with him? I'm trying to remember if I was there when he was so, there. Was, well, no, no, no. Was he? So he was he was there, I think, and then I think he left test i think he ghosted them at some point during was the he process 2021 or 2020 he was he was a rookie last year so he's a 2021 okay kid. so i was i was not i was probably in the building doing my physical therapy when he was yeah. there but i just didn't i didn't I, acknowledge him i know he trained a test at some point but he was a guy that i actually didn't love coming out of ohio state but he was a really good player last mm. year for detroit for the lions so He's developed a good player. I think the centers, though, have kind of been a real mixed bag, man. Yeah. Like it, you talk about um, Billy Price that came out a couple Ooh, years ago. Sucked. Yeah, he's not very good. But yeah, I, I think Whipler is a good player, though. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's an NFLer. I think he's a pretty solid football player. He he, he, he gives me like a David Andrews vibes, you know, like a yeah. little smaller, but yeah. like just good player. Consistent. All right, let's get into these rankings, Ryan. Uh, I'm going to start us off with my number five guy. Um I decided to go with their Cedric Van Praan from Georgia. We we talked about him on the comparison show. The one thing you get with Van Praan that we talked about is that he, he's got the traits that you want. He's, he's a fluid athlete. He's got some very natural power. The concern for me with Van Praan was getting more consistency with using that play strength. That, to me, didn't always necessarily show up on tape. And the games that I watched of him – understandably were stronger opponents, Michigan and Alabama. So you'd like to see those things show up very consistently against two top teams in the country with really good, well-coached defenses. But I, I think that Van Praan is, is somebody who's got a lot of upside. He's got a lot of potential. We talked about that being his, his big takeaway. If you take him somewhere early day three, I think he can provide a ton of value, but he's somebody who I don't necessarily trust to start day one in the NFL also would not be surprised if he comes back for uh, an additional year and is in the 2024 class because he is a very, very young prospect. But for a, an early day three pick, early round three, or sorry, round four rather, uh, I, I think he's tremendous value there and, and you've given him some time to develop. Joe, we're on the same page, man. I also have oh. Sidney Van Praan at number five. I Really love the upside, man. He's like a bull in the china shop right now, yeah. though. Like, there's no technical refinement. There's no nuance to his game. He's much more full steam ahead and not much. There's not much variety to his game right now, right? But I think the tools are tremendous. I said 
I wouldn't be surprised if this gets a top three center in this class when all is said and done. If he takes a developmental approach to, to that regard, I think from a physical perspective, I see some Marquise Pouncey there. I do. Like, I think that stylistically speaking, we'll see what the end result obviously is. But I put him at number five because he has a lot of upside, but he's far from realized potential right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I think I really do believe if he comes back and is in the 2024 class, that's going to benefit him much more because we saw a lot of good things, but he's just he's young. He's really freaking young and he shouldn't be in a rush to jump to the NFL if if he has the opportunity. It's not like this is a guy who who's a fifth year who has upside, hasn't hit it yet, hasn't actualized it yet. But kind of like Zion Nelson, where he's been there now for a good amount of time and he hasn't actualized it. I think the conversation would would be very different. All right, Ryan, let's go to you to do your number four, and we'll go we'll go back and forth that way. Sounds good, man. Uh, my number four is Joe Tipman, offensive uh, offensive lineman out of the University of Wisconsin. He is a little bit of a weird one, Joe, because he is listed at six foot six, three hundred seventeen pounds. So he is a very odd body type, more of like an Alex Mack type of center. I think that does hurt him with leverage in some instances, right? Because like it's just like low pads, right at at, at that size. So there is some inconsistency from that regard, but I think he's a plus athlete, moves well laterally, get into the second level. I think he ha- understands how to unlock his length in the run game a ton. I like Joe Tittman a ton. I would even say Joe Tittman, I think, could play guard. I've talked to Lorenz about him, Joe. He thinks, like, he was like, I would maybe give him a shot at right tackle, you know, mm-hmm. at least in college to just see what he does because he's got kind of like the longer frame. But I like Tittman, man. Indiana kid, kind of upset that Notre Dame didn't make a run at him. But yeah, I like Joe Tidman for the movement skills, the quality that he had just as a first-year starter last year at Wisconsin. I think that there is a lot of upside working with a guy like Joe Tidman. Admittedly, I did not watch Tidman, and I, I'm mad at myself that I I, I wasted my time You're watching fired. these two. Thanks. You're the one who makes the decision? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm the producer on this show. Oh, you! Oh, you! So you'll do the editing today? Oh, cool, cool. <laughs> I'll do that, man. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't even know what an editing program is, so I'll just shut up. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I'm pissed. I wasted my time watching these other guys. But six six, like that's really tall for a center. Like that is that it's really tall? Gonna, do you think he's gonna play center in the NFL? Because that's that's really weird. Him being that tall, he might be a guard. We'll see what happens. Uh, either way, I think he's an NFL quality. St- upside of a starter at the next level he's a top 100 to 150 pl- caliber player for me yeah that's such a wisconsin thing to do to put a freaking 6-6 kid at center yeah I, I mean i don't know if it's well they also have the 6-9 kid right who's the there's who's a 6-9 six six you you posted that, that thing a while ago um you a while ago you posted the like the the guys with the the really strange size profiles. Oh no, that that's that's Lorenz Metz from uh he's from um Cincinnati. Oh, Nebra- oh he's Cincinnati. Yeah, oh, even though no, Nebraska does have a offensive tackle name, I think his name's like Bernhard or something. Mm-hmm. That's also six nine. So maybe that's where you're going. I don't know. These these big massive dudes. No, yes. I didn't get to watch Tittman, so I don't I don't have really much to weigh in there. The size profile is is very interesting i went with john michael schmitz from from minnesota at number four um because he i ended up actually watching him i the one thing that i i really liked about him is just overall that consistency and we we talked so much on the show when we broke him down is that this is a guy who can play some guard can play obviously center and at the very least you're getting a player who is going to be a long-term backup for your roster he's much further developed, I think, than a lot of the other guys in this class. And that's what his big redeeming quality is, being a guy coming back 
for his sixth year. It is a detriment for him that he is as old as he is going to be. I believe the age that we said is 24 years old by the time he's in the NFL. That's not great. But the fact that he is just so consistent, he is so technically sound, I think that he uh, is very sneakily a, a good athlete. You didn't speak as highly on his his play strength and, and the pop that he has, but I, I noticed some of that tenacity as a blocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the very, very least, I think this is a high-end backup that just gets passed around maybe from team to team or at the very you know better part of that becomes a a, a consistent starter that we we kind of did that comparison to his trajectory like a Ryan Jensen that's just around and gets the job done but isn't yeah. necessarily a top 10 15 player at the position yeah it's a perfect segue Joe because Joe t- um John Jingleheimer Michael Schmitz uh-huh. is number three on my list. Did oh. you look it up? Did you look up the No, I refuse I refuse to, to look up your weird made up nursery rhyme. It's not made up. It's it's a thing. <laughs> um John Michael Schmitz though, I like a ton. Um he is a guy that I'm a little higher on than you, I think. I because mm-hmm. I think that his I think his movement skills are really good, man. I think that he's got lateral ability. I think that in an outside zone heavy scheme, I think that this kid is a star a quality starter on the next level. So yes, John Michael Schmitz, number three for me. The age is, I guess, the the crutch a little bit, right? Because I think he's a 60-year senior because he chose to take the extra year. I, I still don't know why he did that, but I, I mm, he's a good player. He's a good, he's a good football player. That's as easy as I can kind of label him. He's a good player. Yeah, I think uh, three or four, uh, you know, no qualms there. I think you're going to have some qualms for who I have at number three. Jarrett Patterson from Notre Dame is, is who I have placed there. I still, and we were talking about this at the beginning of the show, I am willing to take him in the top 50. I absolutely love what he provides in terms of his experience. He's been playing center for so long now at Notre Dame, and you really see that on tape. His awareness is the best of the class. It's on another level. He is somebody who has like eyes in the back of his head to the point where he'll he'll slide one way, and he'll Mm -hmm. help and assist a guard, and then he'll see somebody else gets freed up in whatever that opening is that's created by him sliding to one direction and then he'll yep. redirect and pick up that guy. He moves very, very well. And I think that his play strength, his core strength is really, really strong. He is someone who very hard to overpower and that's what makes him so freaking consistent. I do want to see some improvements on his angles because those are the reps that he he does lose and the length is certainly a concern, but I don't think it's, it's much of a reach to say that this guy deserves to be in the conversation at three. Jared Patterson is my number two center, so I don't mm. I don't argue with it at all. I, I I don't think the I don't think the length is a concern on film. Honestly, I I, I it's not a concern, but it's it's going yeah. to be a knock on him during the process. A little bit, yeah. I mean, sub thirty two inch arms is small. It is. I think when you have the overall physical profile that you have and the athleticism he has, I think you don't really worry. You know that he um as a true freshman, Joe, he was actually the backup left tackle for Notre Dame. Yeah. So I think that's where that. That ability to mirror and sit down on power as a pass protector, I think that really shines in his game. So one of the better pass-blocking offensive linemen that I have evaluated over the last few years, I think he has really good movement skills to work in zone systems. I I, I would like to see the core strength improve a little bit. I don't think that he's the most densely built guy of all time, but I think Jared Patterson's a starting center at the next level. Like he's Another kid I think is going to be – I hope a team likes the San Francisco 49ers draft him because I mentioned Alex Mack is like a little bit of a style from for Titman, but it's actually my comparison for a Jared Patterson because that's 
Like I just see so much of Alex Mack when I watch Jared Patterson, so much and, of him. And, and I firmly believe I think he's the most well-rounded center in this class. Like he's the most furthest along to I would edge him over um, John Michael Schmitz in in that category, which is why I'm willing to take him that high. He, yeah. I think, out of anybody, is is the most ready to just drop in and play and and go out there and and be a really consistent starter. Do you do you not agree that little? Smart no, little? I'm. I'm just I'm just going through the list now, and I'm getting a little worried about who you have at number one. I'm just getting a little worried here, man. So you bit. gave your number two, my number yeah. two, yeah, is Ricky Stromberg. <laughs> Ricky Stromberg, though, before we get yes. to number one, um, man, you're gonna you're gonna have a great time talking about. I can't wait. Ricky can't Stromberg, wait. though, uh, I I did enjoy watching him, um, and I I think I just a little bit higher on my number one guy for for different reasons. We talked about that, you know, natural strength is an important thing. Really fluid athlete, which is fantastic. Length, I think, showed up more as a concern for me than it did with Patterson. The game that I acknowledge the most for that is when he went, went against Fendarian Mathis, who I don't know what his length was. I think we said he had long arms. It was 30, he, 34 and a half, I think, or something like that. He got his yeah. butt kicked on on some reps. That was where I was a little bit like, ah, uh, like I don't know how how high I can really be on him if he's getting his ass kicked by Fenera Mathis, who we weren't really that high on last cycle. So like that's mm-hmm. that's where I'm I was a little bit tripped up. But he's got all the traits that you want. He moves so freaking well. He's he's explosive. He he you know, he fires off the ball really, really well. He has that that mean uh trait that you can't always get with offensive linemen these days where he's going to fight through the whistle. He's going to finish right through. Yeah. That, that to me is, is, is fantastic uh, about Ricky Stromberg. And I'm saying, I would be willing to take him in the end of the end of the first round, get a, get a starting high upside center for the, for the future. He's definitely a top 50 kid in my opinion. Uh, so I guess it's a, another perfect segue, Joe. We weren't too off on some of these, man, because I mean, I feel like we were one. Well, off. We were, we're really well, off my number well, one. We're, we're off. We're really off. We're <laughs> off. We're off in the instance that your number one pushed everybody down. But I yes. felt like so I had Patterson at two. You had him at three. I had John Michael Schmitz at three at four. I mean, at three, you had him at four. So we mm-hmm. kind of went in a and we also had Van Prawn both at five. Right. So we weren't yeah. crazy off. And you just mentioned Stromberg at two. I have Ricky Stromberg at one, obviously. I think that the kid has the goods, man. Like, I I think his game against Texas last year was the best game I've seen of any center in this class. Like, just straight up. It was a phenomenal game. Wait, which? so you watched Texas and who else? I think I watched Alabama as well, for sure. Um, Let me pull up the sheets. What are the games? I watched watched Alabama and Georgia, and I watched... Him I definitely watched. I definitely watched Georgia then too. I him against Jordan him. Davis was impressive. Yeah, I was just held his own. I was perplexed why he was getting his ass kicked by Fendarin Mathis. I was like, why is this happening? He's a better football player. I don't know why. I don't know if I would say ass kicked. There, but, there were a couple I mean, reps where it there was were a couple bad. struggles. It was yeah. a couple struggles. I'm not going to lie for a, for the number one center in the class. And I'm not saying this is the mm. reason why I didn't mark him as one. My guy's at one because I, I really like some of the things that he did. Yeah. But I, I just think it's hard to buy into someone who's getting their butt kicked, like getting Fed- thrown and tossed on some reps. Fedarian Mathis was the second round pick this past year, man. This is a second round pick. Just put that one out there. Um, Ricky Stromberg, Joe. You mentioned the demeanor, physicality, good athlete overall. And my man has some of the best flexibility I've ever seen of a center. Like he just, I feel like he was never on the ground, man. Like he's just no. not on the ground ever 
which is a really nice si- he puts sign. Puts guys see. on the ground. He does put guys on the ground. I- I'm a big fan of Stromberg, man. I would also take him in the first rounds. I would definitely call him a top fifty player. I think he's the best center in this class. I do. Mm. I-, I think he would have been the top center for me last year too. Over. Not, not for the system, right? Because like, if you're yeah. a wide zone system, Linderbaum would always been the guy. But if you're a team that mixes and matches different types of run schemes, I think Stromberg would have been the guy for me. But I, I'm a big fan of Ricky Stromberg. I like him a lot. Okay, number one for me is Esteban Steve Avila, according to um, his, his official name. I understand I have to acknowledge here he's overweight. He's like 340 pounds. I think he's listed at 6'3", an unofficial height that we have for him. Yep. Steve Avila, though, the one thing that just flashed to me is really natural strength. I really like the sure. way that he he sunk into his hips on his stance. I thought that he had very active feet and very active hands um, for a guy that that's that heavy. On the base front you know, front level of the defensive line, I think he is very, very strong. He's very, very powerful. And I, I saw him latch on to dudes and completely end reps. The way that he was just able to dominate again in the Baylor game that I watched of him was really, really exciting to watch. He sucks at getting to the second level, understandably. <laughs> the guy can't get to the second level. He he doesn't understand proper angles when it comes to that for some reason. He, not, his angles are fine on, on, on the defensive line, but like he just goes straight and then he tries to redirect. He needs to work on that. And he doesn't move very well when you ask him to move more than you know, five yards. But here's where I, I stand with him. I mm-hmm. think that it is a common misconception for us to assume that heavier offensive linemen that are overweight are lazy compared to the guys that are underweight. It's a common misconception that I see all the time. And I would like to push back on that typical – uh, stereotype with 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 linemen. I would argue that the lighter guys typically are not as motivated in the gym, and the heavier guys, it's easier for them to lose weight. It's harder to put on strength and muscle in an off season compared to just dropping some fat and being able to move better. I really freaking hope that he's playing at like three fifteen or three twenty. I know that's a lot of weight for him to lose, but I think if he moves better, this guy deserves to be the number one center in the class because of that stupid natural strength that he has. It's interesting. So you you have a bias towards natural strength is what I'm getting. Uh, at, I yeah, I like the the power intrigued me, and yeah. I but I, we said on the Jarrett Patterson episode that I, I that would intrigue me, and I have a bias towards is awareness and uh, the ability to to help improve the performance of his teammates because he's just so actively moving. But I'm switching up here, man. I the 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 power of them I think is justifiable. The power is great, man. I, I mean, I that's what I said to begin with. When he gets his paws inside of you, preps over. He's <laughs> I mean, killing, like he's killing dudes, man. Did you did you see? Um, did you watch his game against Baylor when he was working yes. against the, what's it? Um, Siaki Ika or whatever the big I nose think, tackle they have. I think so. And that dude's a big dude too, man. Dude, he is like six Battle four Titans. Th- He's like six four, <laughs> three fifty, man. That is a big boy, and he kind of moves pretty well for his size too. So that was a game that I really enjoyed watching. I, yeah, I, again, like I, I mentioned him at the beginning of the show because he would probably be six or seven on my board in a really good center class. Like I, I like Avila. I just, I think he might be better suited at guard. I just, I'm not sure he has the flexibility and ability to work to the second sure. level to be a great center. He works there obviously now, and it, it's good film. It's not bad film. It's just mm-hmm. working to the next level. I think he's more like a 
Gabe Jackson type of guard, right? Like he's a guy that needs to play in tight spaces a little bit. I mean, I again, some of the notes I had from the Baylor game, it's mm-hmm. like when he's working to the second level, I mean, if his angles aren't perfect, he's just going to miss guys on the second oh, level. Oh, yeah. Like he just it's, doesn't. It's terrible. It's the worst yeah. I've seen out of any lineman that we've watched it. He right. has no idea where he's going when he's going to the second level. And I, yes. I think if he was better at that, it'd be an easier sell. His angles need to improve. Better, it'd be an easier, uh, easier sell. I because I, I really don't think that his straight line is bad necessarily. No. I, I I don't think he's flexible. Like I don't think he's cat quick. Mm-hmm. Like he's not a lateral movement guy. You know what I mean? Like because I I think going to the second level is fine. It's just when a guy redirects in space, he just he's has done. no ability he's to done. redirect. He's exactly. Done. But that's that's my whole point with him is that I'd rather have an overweight lineman and ask him to lose weight. And if he loses 15, 20 pounds and doesn't sacrifice much muscle, he's going to move a lot better. I know it's not going to be a significant difference. Yeah, in theory, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as saying like an undersized guy. It's the same thing as saying this undersized guy that's going to add weight and just needs to keep his athleticism, though. Like, I mean, it's I but don't that's know, my, just, that's my whole argument why I I'm yeah. not as much of a fan, and it's kind of why I didn't like Blake Freeland as much. Yeah, I'm not uh, as much of a fan of making making that argument. Everyone was so mad at me when I when I when I said I didn't like him. As uh, you should, as they should. But I, it's those guys. It, it takes a it takes multiple years to add muscle mass it -hmm. doesn't take that much time to lose fat and maintain that muscle so to expect a a lighter guy to maintain his athleticism and add weight is a much harder sell for me than expecting a big guy to gain a little bit more athleticism because he lost weight i saw that you love the tcu uniforms the uh oh those are the red print terrible when we were watching i'm blanking on who i think it's baylor i think baylor they had those the the tcu johnston johnston when we watched johnston i wasted 15 minutes trying to figure out who he was because i couldn't (laughs) read the goddamn numbers on the goddamn jerseys that was the the (laughs) most aggravating thing and then i put on the baylor game to watch avila Mm. and i'm like oh no here we go again thank god he's playing in the middle of the Right, you know, you know where he is all the time. Yeah, exactly. So stupid. Oh, oh that's funny, man. That's funny. So, would you? I mean, because you said you would consider taking Strawberger in the in the first round. Would you take Avila in the first round? I would take both of them. I don't know if I would go top twenty, but I I think I would take both of these guys back end of the uh, back end of the first round. I don't think that that's interesting. Where would you take him? Is it that day three? Is that really how? Yeah, I was thinking like fourth round, man. Oh. I was thinking like fourth round. We're we have very a- off. We're of a difference of opinion on Steve Avila. You know, I can, I can barely NFS agrees with me. I, I can, well, good for them, dude. Good for them. Um, Wait, you know, I, I can get Steve Avila okay. on the show, by the way. I don't know if I told you. I would before. like to be on that interview. What, what have you spoken to him? Oh, yeah, man. I got his number. Okay, let's uh, let's get him on. I want to be a part of that interview. I'm gonna, okay, I want to tell him he's my center we'll, one. We'll, we'll break down Phil Bottom. We'll do that. <laughs> we'll break down film with him. Ryan, I think that's a good note to end on. By the way, I think that we should do the honorable men- mentions and notes at the end of the show next time because yep. I, it didn't spoil anything. But It ruined it. It ruined it. It, it ruined it. it. I think it was funny as you slowly realized who, who, who my guy was. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate, uh, as always, hopping on to listen to us talk about prospect rankings we're going to do guards next week it's going to be a very sad week a lot of day three guys probably a lot of day three guys uh be sure to hit that subscribe button on hack city youtube or whatever audio platform you're tuning in at joe DeLeon, at rise and draft at nfl prospects pod and we will be back next week
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.